This is Melbourne calling. Welcome to Granny Bingo Wireless. Just close your eyes and think of the war. Toodle pip. Hey, hey, come over here, go over there. Don't be scared now, yeah. Lift up your head, hold out your hand, pull up your pants. Now why did you pull down your pants? We only just met, but that's why I like you. People connecting, grandma's laughing, nostalgia and ethnic dancing. And uh, that was What About Me by Shannon Null, the extra dirty remix, uh, which I really have been getting into lately. Hi, everybody. Hello, kiddies, and welcome to the Granny Bingo Wireless Podcast. My name is Ms. Edith Vale. I'm joined by my best friend in the entire world, Mrs. Maureen McGillicuddy. Maureen McGillicuddy, how are you? Terrific, on top of the world. Thank you very much. Yahoo! <laughs> it's been a whole month. Can you believe it has been a month since the last episode? A whole month. Well, of course, last month I was doing my true crime investigation. Did you ever get to the bottom of that? Who who did it? Yes, it was Daniel Andrews. And to be honest, love, I knew it from the start. Just filling time on the episode, were you? Ah, uh, yeah, I didn't want to spoil it for the listeners. I know they love the true crime stuff, so I stretched it out a little bit and interrogated a few other people, but in the end, my suspicions were correct. It was Daniel Andrews mm. all along. You're a bit of a private dick, aren't you? I am, yes. Yeah, oh, well, it's been a bit of a hectic old month. I mean, the world seems to be getting better, you know, if you look at it compared to a few months ago, but in reality, it's not. It's still... A pretty miserable no. place to, to live. We hope everyone listening has been good, especially our Patreons who support us and the people, of course, who listen to this podcast for free. I hope you are... Not quite as well as the Patreons. Still well. Well, but healthy, not as but well not as, as, as the well. Patreons. Or not as employed. <laughs> of course, if you want to sign up to our Patreon, you can at patreon.com slash grannybingo. We have some lovely little rewards there. Now... Tell me... Uh, speaking of our hardcore fans, uh, of course, tomorrow night, that's Monday the 1st of March, is Granny Bingo, our regular Granny Bingo show that we do once a month. Uh, we do sell in-person tickets. All of the in-person tickets have sold out. You cannot come to the venue and see the show. But right. we also sell live streaming tickets, and you can grab those. Uh, now, there's discounted tickets for our Patreons, if you are a Patreon Log on to Patreon to get the code word to get the discounted tickets. If you're not a Patreon, you can still buy a ticket. Go to comedyrepublic.com.au and grab a ticket to live stream Granny Bingo. It's a wonderful night. We play bingo. We send you a digital bingo card. We have all sorts of wonderful little prizes that we give away and uh, we might cross to you and have a chat with you. And the really important reason that you need to join us tomorrow night is it's the last one that we'll be doing for a couple of months because Comedy Festival is next month, isn't it, love? And we'll be taking off uh, April. We won't be doing Granny Bingo in April. We'll still do the podcast. Don't worry. We won't be doing the, the Granny Bingo in April. So make sure you buy a streaming ticket to March 1st because that'll be the last chance you, some of you will have to see us mm. uh, for a while. So I um, might die. You know, every day could be our last. Yep. And that's why it's important to keep abreast of the news. News. Uh, so we might... Was that a good segue? Very good. Very slick, I think, had we not acknowledged it or talked about it here, that it was a segue. In fact, I don't think anyone would have known. 
Now I have a copy of uh, the one Herald Sun in front of me. Shall we? Which has been a while since we've done this. Shall we do a bit of a round table and yes, see what's Yes, but I think the the, 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 the the weirdest bit about this, Edith, I haven't picked up a newspaper in such a long time. I used to read the newspaper avidly every single day, uh, but I do it all online now, and uh, it's it's been it's been actually really quiet. I don't think there is any news, is there? Right, no, well, that's actually one of the articles that are in here, and that's why I've had to buy the newspaper. Oh. Uh, of course, uh, Facebook has banned all news in Australia. There is no news happening on Facebook. Really? Uh, and, you know, Maureen, I logged onto Facebook the other day, and I, I was in the computer lab, and I turned to Beryl Beltbuckle, and I said, no news is good news. <laughs> No news is good news. Yes, yes, yes. It was funny when you said it uh, last night at at movie night. (laughs) Yes, thank you. It was it was funny at afternoon tea yesterday. Mm. (laughs) It was funny on the the shopping trip to the council that we did yesterday morning. It was funny when you told it the night before. All right, thank you. Okay, all right. Well, I don't see you bringing fresh material to this podcast. I mean, all right. Sorry, Jerry Seinfeld. I I just thought nothing was happening because I only read what my friend Cheryl posts on Facebook. So I just figured everything, nothing bad was happening. There you go. Well, there you go. And I don't know. I have egg on my face. What else is happening? Uh, what else? Oh, Melbourne went uh, into a snap lockdown uh, before. That's lockdown 3.0. You know, the older I get, the shorter these lockdowns seem to last. Yes, well, I mean, the first one felt like it went for six months, didn't it? Mm. It was shocking. Mm. And then this last one, less than a yeah. week. Yeah, it goes really quickly. I had a bit of a problem with this snap lockdown. Really? Why is that? Uh, well, I, I wasn't listening to the news properly. I heard Dictator Dan talking, and uh, I was in the kitchen. I was making some uh, uh, chocolate crackles. You know how I love my chocolate crackles? Not as good as your chocolate spiders, but still pretty good. Oh, yum, 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 yum. I should make a batch of them. Uh, I uh, I was batching them up to give to the grandkids, give to the friends, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I wasn't listening properly, and all I heard was snap locked down, and I was putting the chocolate crackles into snap lock bags. Mm. And I thought that they were saying I had to put the snap lock bags down, mm. and that was what the restriction... It did, to be honest, on reflection, that makes absolutely no sense. Why on the reflection, would care how I snap locked the bags, how I close a snap lock bag. Mm. But in this day and age, who knows? Who mm. knows what the government will tell me what I can and cannot do? Well, now I know. And look, Caroline's nodding in the co- We haven't even introduced poor Caroline. Hello, Caroline. Hello. Is it a snap lock bag she's nibbling on? Yeah. Yes, because I finished the last. Well, I finished all of the chocolate crackles. So I gave Caroline the bag to lick. That's right. She looks happy with that. Don't, did you cut a hole in it? Sort of. Yeah. Don't breathe it in, Caroline. Caroline, for those of you who have never listened to our podcast before, is our friend. Friend's a strong word. She's, she's sort of like a barnacle on Maureen and I's friendship uh, that we're stuck with. Yes, hello, Caroline. How, she's chained up in the corner. She's a dumb. You don't pay her any attention. <laughs> she loves it too much. But she's the reason people buy tickets. 
And so that's why we keep her around. And yeah. so another hindsight is 2020 moment is when I realised that we haven't got Caroline in our comedy festival show this year. And uh, we've had feedback, written feedback, to ask where Caroline is. I don't understand the world we live in, Edith. Why would you want to be around Caroline? No, you're right. I mean, and we will talk about our comedy festival show a little bit more later. Heavily, heavily. We'll mention it a lot. Every now and then. Some of you might have seen we are doing a show at the comedy festival. It's called An Intimate Evening with Granny Bingo, and it's Maureen and myself. And no, Caroline's not on the poster. Uh, I know a lot of you like her. I know a lot of you buy tickets to see her. Um, But... If you were in attendance at the Comedy Festival, the last one that went ahead, not 2020, that was cancelled, 2019, you would have seen that uh, Caroline made a bit of a scene um, at, a, at a, another comedian's show. It was a late-night uh, performance of Nanette by Hannah Gadsby, and Caroline stormed the stage and... Uh, uh, well, she uh, reclaimed the ability to speak temporarily and, and started saying some pretty racist, uh, pretty awful stuff, really. And Comedy Festival have, have made a blanket rule this year that Caroline Springs is not allowed to appear in any show. Yeah, unless, unless of course, it's Alex Shooter Williamson's show. Oh, yes, they did specifically and, uh, say that that would make that show better. Anyway. He's exempt. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, what were we talking about? My mind my mind is fuddled as well, Edith. I've, I've recently gone on a diet, mm. and I, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> what diet are you on, though? Uh, it's just healthy eating, you know, just mm-hmm. minor changes. I found through the lockdown I was eating a bit too much. You got the covid kilos, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> dead right, and uh, and I've I've changed, just changed. It's, sim- it's simple things like uh, instead of getting uh, a large pizza, get a medium pizza. Oh yes. Or you know now I'll I'll order a hamburger, but with small chips, and you know a sugar-free drink instead of a hamburger with family-sized chips, four Cokes, two ice creams and a chocolate Bavarian cake. Right, yes. Uh, yeah, or, or, you know, instead of drinking two bottles of wine every night, I drink four and forget about everything. Mm. Uh, so just small things. But anyway, it's affecting my brain. I feel like I'm pregnant again. So, so, so. Mel- we were Mel- talking managed. about the newspaper. We're looking newspapers, newspapers. Uh, uh, all right, let's see what else is in here. Uh, Mars Rover, the Mars Rover. Have you seen this? No, no. This is the. Um, they've sent a little sort of like. Have you seen that cartoon, Wally? It's like the Lion King. Oh my God, the little car. Yeah, they've sent a little, mm. um, a little robot to Mars. Uh, to drive around, take photos and videos and things like that, which is pretty exciting. I have heard of this. You have? I did hear about this, yeah, because uh, I got a phone call about it. I thought it was my son. And uh, he was chit-chatting at me. I I couldn't quite hear what was happening. Anyway, I heard that uh, they wanted me to send... Uh, some of my chocolate quackles. And it ended up being NASA. Yeah, they but, sent my chocolate quackles up to space. I hate to say it, Maureen, but it's more believable that uh, NASA would call than your son after what you did to him. That's true. 
Uh, so they're sending your chocolate crackles to Mars. That's and to, lovely. And to Mars. They think it'll end up being the most sort of nutritious and long-lasting, sort of like the Anzac biscuits were in the mm. war. Mm. Uh, they're full of sugar, so they'll last a long time, and they're full of nutrition and goodies. And so they think it'll be the official food of Mars. Really? That's wonderful. Oh, wow, how exciting. That's a feather in your cap. Pop that in the CLA cookbook. I think. Yes, because I do mine a little bit differently than mm. everyone else. I don't make them in patty pans. I put them out into sort of logs. Yeah. I could call it the, the Mars bar or something. Oh, that's That'd a good yummy, idea. Wouldn't it? Yeah, That'll catch enough. on. All right, let's see what else is in here. Oh, here we go. Look, it's, oh, it's the Mardi Gras up in Sydney. You know, the Mardi Gras. Mm, I do know it, yes. Yes, they have, you know, a lot of people don't know this. A lot of our listeners are friends of Troy Savan, if you know what I mean. And uh, they all go to the Mardi Gras, and a lot of them will be surprised because they know our feelings on the, you know, the Liberty G uh, community. What's Liberty G? You know, the Liberty G. Oh, the Glibberdagook. Yes, the LGBTIQA plus community. They changed it. It used to be GLBTIQ. The Jubilicook. Jubilicook. A lot of our listeners are Jubilicook. And they will be surprised to hear that we have been to Mardi Gras before. In fact, not only have we been, we were at the first ever Mardi Gras. What year was that, love? 19. Nineteen fifty, nineteen twenty-two. It was because Fred. No, nineteen sixty-two. I remember Fred Nile was protesting it at the time, yeah, and he said right. I, I went to Tony Abbott's graduation in nineteen. And Margaret called at one her second. She had a sleepover at my house. Nineteen seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. It was seventy-eight. Mm. You're right. Nineteen seventy-eight, and uh, we went up to. So we caught the Greyhound bus up from Melbourne um, back then. And uh, we went up to Sydney for because, of course, back then it was a protest, and we had so much fun, oh, didn't we? Terrific! Love? It's still at the same place, Oxford Street, going down to the the Hyde Park. Oxford there. Street, yes. Mm. Maureen and Caroline and myself were up there, All and we up. were arm in arm with the riot squad, just bashing the shit out smashing of them. Smashing their know? skulls <laughs> in. Oh, I had a I had a baton that I'd borrowed off a copper. <laughs> Maureen had a baseball bat. <laughs> Caroline had a bloody crowbar and they all came round the corner and we ran with them up and we locked them up and, put, and we put their names in oh, the newspaper. Oh, it was paper. so funny. We crammed them into the van. We had their names printed in the newspaper. They were fired from their job. Oh, oh, oh. oh my God, it was so good. But it was oh, a their family stopped talking to them. It was a different We didn't time. know. We didn't, we didn't know. know. And I wouldn't do it again. We I wouldn't do know. it that way. I'd be... I'd wear a I mask. probably won't do it next weekend. No, it's it probably wouldn't be received the same way now as it was then. Well, considering how much of the of the club tooks buy the ticket, buy our tickets, we shouldn't bash them up anymore, Edith. I've been meaning to bring yes, that up with right, you. Yeah. Uh, what else is in here? Oh, this is awful. Did you see this over in? This is disgusting. It's speaking of disgusting. Two women in over in the States, in America, dressed up as old ladies uh, so that they could get the vaccine early. Isn't that dreadful? People dressing up as old women just so they can get the vaccine 
Aww. Well, I think that's wrong to begin with. Because, you know, it's really hard to be old, especially here in Australia. I don't know what it's like over there in the United States of Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here, you know, it's tough and I don't like to be made fun of. Uh, <clears throat> so you're telling me, so they, they started some ruse to dress up as old ladies. They went into the hospital and said, you know, uh, put on a silly voice. Hardly, hardly disguising their their normal voices. Yes, they put on stereotypical costumes that aren't even really? like the kind of costumes that old ladies actually wear now. They put on, you know, with the shoulder pads and the grey styled hair, like it's the nineteen sixties. You know, right. big, you know, dark tinted glasses and the, the the plastic pearl necklaces. I mean, come on, who are you? What are you trying to do here, Mrs. Brown's boys or something? Yeah, I always think the voice gives it away. You can tell when they're not really old women, you know? Yeah, I can always tell. Anyway, speaking of the vaccine, I actually got mine uh, last week. Good. You might have seen on the telly, uh, Scott Morrison, Jane Melissiak. You know Jane Melissiak. Uh, from room two four two. Oh, the one, the Polish. Yes, yeah, yeah. We caught the yeah uh, mm. the the bus up there to get the vaccine. We were one of the first to get the vaccine, and who's there? Scotty Morrison, the lovely black idol, mm. our prime minister, Scott. our fearless leader, and um, well, he said to Jane, "Oh, give us a V for victory." But she misheard him, and uh, she gave him, you know, the the, two, the birdie, the two fingers up, and uh, <laughs> and Jenny was standing off camera to one side to his wife, and she said, Scott, that doesn't look good. So he was, you know, there's a bit of a kerfuffle, and they were trying to stop Jane from giving the, the two fingers. Meanwhile, with all the commotion, I knocked a syringe. I was just off the camera to the left. You yeah. couldn't see me in that shot, but I was there. And I knocked the table behind me, and there was a syringe on it, and oh. it rolled off. And uh, it smashed on the ground. It had a little sticker on it that said, S. Morrison, Scott Morrison. Right. And I thought, bugger me sideways. I'm in a bit of strife here. That that was the vaccine for the PM. But, of course, I don't believe in vaccines. I was only going there to meet the Prime Minister. I didn't. I don't think they actually do anything. So what I did is I had with me a little glass of white wine. Uh, so I got a syringe uh, out of the bin and I, I filled it with the white wine mm-hmm. and uh, popped it back on the table with the same sticker on it and Say they gave it to him. And, Say love her, yes. I don't think anyone's the riser. They did have a very good setup there. The nurses were very professional, and you know mm. everyone was socially distanced. I, I did think it was a little strange when uh, Scott, the, the, which is the prime minister. Our prime minister's name is Scott. He got, uh, he walked off, and he said, "Okay, well that's that's everything. Thank you, everybody." And then he went over and started punching all the nurses square in the face. He walked up the doctors, the nurses, the cleaning staff. He punched all of them in the middle, in between their eyes. And it wasn't until his wife walked up and said, you know, Scott, you've got to think of it as if you're the patient getting punched. And he stopped. He stopped. It was, it was, really, it was really intriguing to watch. Just, you know, the day in the life of a Prime Minister. How good is Jenny? <laughs> well, uh, I, I've had mine too. I... I as you know, I didn't get it the same day as you. I, not that I don't trust the vaccine, it's just that I wanted to see what happened to you after you got it, just in case mm. it was bad for me. A little bit of a yes. Romeo and Juliet approach to vaccinations. 
I, I'm happy to be your canary down the mind. <laughs> I told you we're not trying that again. I went yesterday. I had to get the 702 bus to the Box Hill Hospital. And uh, that comes every 22 minutes. Now, the problem with that is uh, if you miss it, you've got to wait 22 minutes. But sometimes, depending on the traffic, and at the moment the traffic is getting a lot busier, and I've noticed that even during the day, more couriers on the road, and more trams, more buses and more trucks. More what, sorry? Couriers. Right. Uh, well, it's getting a lot busier, and I, I thought to myself, Maureen, get the bus earlier than you think you should. And I'll tell you why I'm happy that I did that, Edith. I left that morning after having listened to the radio a little bit. And I thought to myself, Maureen, get a shuffle on. You can't uh, be sitting there eating your toast. It's 5.22am and you've got to catch the bus at 10. Hurry up, hurry up, Maureen. And so I went to the bathroom and I tell you, I evacuated myself somewhat manually. I need to dig it out these days. And uh, I absolutely dropped bombs bigger than Hiroshima into my toilet. They splashed up on my bottom. Do you? Sorry, and, love. I'm just looking at the amount of time that we have left uh, in the studio here at the home before we have to pass it on to the next person. Do you want to maybe get to the bit where you got to the hospital? Oh, I accidentally, as I was walking into the hospital, called my grandson and he didn't answer and I went to his voicemail. So I, I can just play you the voicemail of when I was there. That'll tell you. If it oh, yes, that's a good idea. Let's do play that. Play that. Oh, yeah, thank you, driver. Thank you. No, I'll pay through the app. I know it's a taxi, but it's all the same. Yeah, no, 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 no! Right. Uh, Dr. O'Malley, Dr. O'Malley. Uh, there we go, that looks like it. Oh, hello there. Uh, yes, you can. Um, I'll, uh, I've been here before. I'd like to have the Happy Meal with the Yowie toy. A cheeseburger. No, I don't want the apple slices. I want chips. Uh, well, I know. Yes, it is for a child. Yes, it is for a child. Yes. Uh, no. Uh, uh, he's outside. He's parking the car. Oh, well, uh, uh, you'll just have to trust me. Surely I'd be able to eat the Happy Meal if I wanted to, you bastard. Well, I'll go hungry then. I'll go hungry, you bastard. I'm an old... I'm an old lady. You'll give me some chips for free. Oh, oh thank you. Right, get Bastard. Ronald McDonald would be mad if he knew how they treated me. Uh, Dr. O'Malley's office. Hello. Yes, I've got an appointment for Maureen McGillicuddy. Thank you, I'm getting my vaccine. <laughs> ah, what is in the, uh, in the glad rags this week? 
I mean, you know, it's the only time I catch up on on what's happening in the world here at the doctor's office with all the terrific magazines. Judy, who's the receptionist, she looks after the magazines. Really nice lady. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Judy. <laughs> She's my friend. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt have broken up. Can you believe that? Oh, what else is happening here? Olivia Newton-John's husband has gone missing. That would be sad. Oh, the poor thing. I hope that turns uh, out Maureen right. McGillicuddy. Maureen. Oh, yes. Hello, Doctor. <laughs> All right, yes. Take a seat here. Oh, terrific. Please. And is this one of the, uh, one of the uh, government, the Pfizer's, is it? Uh, yeah, right. I saw Scott Morrison talking about it. He, I hope he didn't make it. <laughs> Terrific. Thank you. Yep, slot it in right there. Oh, it's gone right through my arm, is it? Well, there should be blood and veins in there. Go again. No, that's not gone. Go again. That hasn't gone in either. Go again. Just keep going till you find something. No, I do have veins. Oh. I, I had my hip removed, but not not my veins. Ooh, no. Oh, no. Well, no, I'll, I'll clean up the blood. I've got a tissue here. Hang on a minute. That's got it. I can feel it go in. Oh, it feels good once it's in. Well, thank you, Dr O'Malley. And may I say your office is looking beautiful and clean... And I'd also like to say just how wonderful the Liberal government has been for Australia. You know, I don't think Australia has ever prospered better than under the Scott Morrison camp... Oh, that's worn off now. And now it's time for a word from one of our sponsors. Hey, g'day. My name is Mick Everybro. And the guys at work were like, Dude, you've got to do a fucking comedy festival show like Davo and... Uh, Willow and all those fuckers. Uh, so yeah, this is me ad for me um, comedy festival show. So come on down to my comedy festival show. I'm gonna be telling some sick jokes. I've uh, done a couple gigs. Um, um, yeah, so here's here's some stuff that I'll be doing. Uh, so uh, the other day, this bitch was like, "Hey, dude, shit haircut." <laughs> And I was like, uh, gee, thanks, mum. <laughs> uh, it's funny, you know, everyone was like f f complaining about the lockdown. And I was like, uh, a whole month on the couch with Mackie D's, bro, sounds pretty chill to me. <laughs> Don't you hate it when you swipe right on a chick and she isn't even a 10? And uh, she doesn't swipe right on you when you're like, ah, come on, bitch. <laughs> How fucked is it when you're at the shops and the bitch behind the counter is like, oh, doing some shopping? And I'm like, eh, duh, yeah, I'm fucking doing some shopping. <laughs> Grab a ticket now, 5.25 p.m., Monday to Thursday in the staff change room at the back of Section 8. It's going to be sick. Come and see me show. Why am I like this? 
make every brow live. This is your man, Flo Rider. Hey, what's happening? This is your home applies, man. Hey, yo, what's poppin', man? It's your boy, Bow Weezy, man. Check it out. <laughs> Granny Bingo Wireless. Sorry, love. I've, there's something in my... <clears throat> something in my teeth. I, you know I've been staying at my grandson's place. Mm-hmm. Well, I... To, so, listeners, I apologise. Uh, background and... Just catching up with a friend won't be long. Yes, I've been staying in my grandson's place, and he, you know, he's a bit of a, you know, a wally woofter. Mm. And uh, this morning I had a shower, and uh, I was looking through the the bathroom cupboard, and he had a bottle of, you know, the tomato sauce with the nozzle on the top of it, the right. the um, Rosella tomato sauce with yeah. a little nozzle. And I thought, oh, because I'm I'm a big fan of tomato sauce. I love tomato mm. sauce. I thought, oh, lovely. Uh, he keeps a bottle in the bathroom for when you need a quick swig of the toma- old dead horse. You yeah, know? 100%. So I got it out from under the, the medicine cabinet under the sink and took a swig of it. And I don't know what he's been using that bottle for, but it is not full of tomato sauce, I can tell you that. Really? Oh, it tasted like shit. Anyway. Really? Oh, that's no good. Oh, well, when do you when are you moving out of there? Well, I have to by Tuesday, of course, because we right. start our rehearsals uh, for our comedy festival. So, of course, our comedy festival show opens on the twenty fourth of March, and it'll be running for two weeks. And uh, we oh. we've got a tight rehearsal schedule. We've got the first rehearsal on Tuesday, then another one on Thursday, then oh, Saturday. I is... forgot. I totally forgot. What? To tell you, oh dear. Well, what? I can't do. I can't. I might not be able to do. Th- I definitely can't do Saturday. I d- don't think I'll be able to do Thursday well, as well. Regular cutting. This I'm happens sorry. every year. I say we have to rehearse ah. for comedy festival. I want this show to run like a, a bloody Russian submarine. Yeah, and you yeah. say something's come up. What is it this year? Oh well, I've got to fly to New Zealand. I'm on a new reality TV show. It's top secret. Don't tell anyone. But I've got to fly to New Zealand to film this reality show. Oh, damn. I'm sorry I didn't tell you. What's the show? It's called uh, Grand's Designs. It's it's a new new show, a bit like the Project R- R- Run Runway, Paul, mm. and uh, it's mm. it's uh, a bunch of old women. The, the basis of it, it's a bunch of old women, yes. and they put us into a big. It's it's it look. It's got my vote already. It looks real. Mm. Um, it looks like a big community centre at the council offices, yeah. and they give us macaroni and paint and glue, and and we we design. Uh, crafts and different mm. challenges every week. We might have to make a quilt. We might have to make a photo album. We might have to make, uh, you know, I know one of the episodes is celebrate, celebrating International Women's Day. We've got to make cupcakes with vaginas on them. Oh, yes. Uh, we might have to do, you know, who can make Australia's best uh, sausage roll. And you're going to be on this show, are you? I'm a contestant. Well, I have to audition. I still have to get through the last round of audition. But I sent in a tape. Oh, yes. And they liked it. They called me and they said, Oh, hey, mate, that's really cool. Well, they would have said it in a New Ze- Zealand accent, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. It was like, uh, hey, mate, you've done really well. Oh, yeah, that's, that's that it. Yeah. That's more New Zealand. Yep. Yeah. And... Um, 
and uh, they they said fly over. So they're paying for me to uh, to get a taxi to the airport. I have to pay for the flights and the accommodation and everything. But they fly me over. Well, I'm flying myself over. But anyway, I have to go over there. I'm a little bit nervous and stressed because we've got comedy festival going. But this TV show, Grand's Designs, this could be the big break for me. You know, this could be yeah. the big start of my career. No, that sounds important. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well. Uh, the, the thing that I've got to do on uh, next Saturday for the audition is that uh, they want me to do a, a, ta- a tape, you know, like explaining who I am. Oh, like a self and a self tape. We call that in the industry, Maureen. Oh, you poor self thing. tape. Oh, oh, I've got no idea. You don't stand um, a chance. <laughs> No, no, I do, I do. You've got to help me, Edie. And I've also got to do a baking, so I've got to bake for them. Mm. And then they said that I have to do some washing, so I have to do their washing for them. Mm. And then um, they said that I'd have to drive them to uh, a party. These are all chal- examples right. of what the challenges yeah. would be. So drive them to their friend's house for a party and then pick them up later at night and then cook them breakfast in the next morning. So I think that must be one of the other challenges as well. Yeah, um, right. And then I've also got to do... They said just sort of, they said, they, I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but he said, you know all the things that are in reality TV, like you've got to have all, got to have the whole package right. for us to select you, which I've got no idea what that is, and then uh, and then I don't know who he did, I don't know. What's a self-tape? Oh, well, this is, oh, right. well, this is where you tape yourself and, uh, oh. you know, doing things so that you can send it to to producers so they can work it if they want you. Do you want... Yeah, we'll do a practice now. Uh, no okay. one listens to this podcast anyway, so we might as well just do what... No one will know. Do what we like. Um, all right, all right. Pretend I'm a producer. You're on a reality right. television show. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, uh, can you tell us uh, a bit about yourself? Uh, yes. Do it. You, you do it then, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Um, uh, hi, hi there. I'm Maureen Elizabeth McGillicuddy. I'm Melbourne and I'm from 92. Good, very good. Um, <clears throat> Is that good? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, can you tell us uh, what makes you stand out from the crowd? Uh, well, yeah, sure. I love blue and I wear lots of blue. And blue is one of the most identifiable colours by even people with um, colour blindness. Everyone can see blue. So definitely in a crowd, I'd stand out from that sense. And I have a very, very high-pitched laugh. Mm, yeah, very good, very good, Chef. I love um, Tell me, uh, Maureen, say you were in a highly tense situation with some other contestants who were being... Total bitches. Uh, how would you resolve the situation? Oh, um, well, I'd just say to them, ladies, 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 come on. We haven't been uh, around and survived the wars and uh, been around for all this time. If we're going to be nasty to one another, let's let's have a cup of tea and talk about it. Mm. Mm. Is that good? Would that be mm. good for reality TV? Yeah. Uh, next question the producer is likely to ask you is, uh, Maureen, as you know, sex sells. How far would you be willing to go on camera to advance yourself in the competition? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, I can only talk about what I've done in the past. I, I, I was on the Michael Parkinson show once. It was some relevant TV 
um, and Bob Hawke was a guest, and I sucked him off in the dressing room. Oh. Would, that be, would that be all right? That'll help. That'll definitely help, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, so, so I'd be willing to suck men off mm. uh, on the camera, mm. and uh, I'd, I, would, I don't mind uh, a bit of light petting, mm. and I uh, would kiss. I'd do, I'd do kissing as well, and... Uh, I don't mind showing my bra. I won't show my front bum um, on TV, though. <laughs> Sorry, this is a bit... <laughs> what even is this segment? So no, no front bum, is it? <laughs> what do you call your front bum, Maureen? My fanny. It's my fanny. Your fanny. But does it have a yeah. nickname? Oh, I do have a nickname for my front bum. It's called Barry Humphreys. It's a racist old cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. Um, Very nice. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't mind showing my back bum, but not my front bum. Uh, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, we've all got our limits. What specifically do you think are the skills you could bring? What can you do that no one else can do, Maureen? Well, that's a really good question. When it comes to senior citizens' arts and crafts, I think I'm able to bring our groups together to work better, um, you know, work together to achieve outcomes. Uh, I can do things with macaroni and a piece of string that uh, even the wildest of kindergarten teacher wouldn't know how to do. Mm. Um, I'm also able to... Uh, uh, gossip behind other people's backs mm. uh, and say that, you know, one one contestant uh, was hiding the other contestant's walking stick or had eaten someone else's scrambled eggs. Mm. I don't know, is that too nasty? No, no, we liked it. Uh, one final question, Maureen. Every good reality television contestant has a sad backstory. You've seen Paul's Drag Race when they're all doing their makeup and that. What would be yeah. your tragic backstory, love? I guess I could say, you know, uh, my my mum. You know, if I imagine that I'm sitting next to, you know, Ethel Thompson, for example. I don't know if she's going to be in it. That's the whispers I'm hearing. I could be sitting next to Ethel. I'd say, yeah, it's really nice spending time with you here, Ethel. You know, and she said, what's wrong? what's wrong? And I say, I lost my dad and my mum. They passed away um, before I came on this show. And um, it was about 48 years ago that dad went and about 42 the mum went and they died of natural causes of old age. And um, when they died, they only left me two of their three properties. <laughs> In um, in Melbourne, and oh, darling, are you all I right? was I was left with nothing except for those properties, and I, I sold I sold one of them, and then kept the other one, <laughs> and and turned it into a high rise apartment building, and I've rent them all out. Something like that, do you think, would be sad enough to get through the audience? Yes, I think that'll... Yeah, that's... Oh, you poor thing. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah, well, that's true story, though. So I suppose if it's, you know, truth always reads better on television, I think. 
Take note, Grant, Daniel. Well, you heard it here first, listeners. Maureen McKillicuddy, winner of the 2021 series Grand Designs. Oh, thanks for your help, Eddie. I, I feel, I'm feeling a lot better about this. I, I do hope I do well. It will, of course, mean that if you come to see our comedy festival show, we won't have rehearsed. So please lower your expectations. Let's go. This is your radio, your station. Forget about the department store. These are the DJs you've been after. Granny Bingo. Hello, kiddies. Now, this next segment, we do this in every episode because it's important. This is us giving back to the community. And when I say giving back to the community, I mean we do owe something. Maureen and I often pop down to the Salvation Army, to the op shop, and steal things, don't we, love? And this is our way of paying for those items that we steal from from the op shop there. And when I say items, I don't necessarily just mean the items that are hanging on coat hangers, on racks. We also volunteer at the Salvation Army, and sometimes we steal things from the safe or the till, yep. from lockers, yep. uh, from the other volunteers, yep. items in lockers. These are all items. We actually are detrimentally affecting the Salvation Army and uh, everything, all the work that they do, just by turning up to our shifts. Uh, we're sending them back in uh, time, capacity, business efficiencies, etc., etc. So, uh, suffer in your jocks. Not that you have them anymore, because we took them too. <laughs> but this next segment is our way of giving back to the community after all those things we've taken. It's called Agony Grands. And this is a segment where you can write in and uh, ask us for advice. Uh, you can do it on our Instagram, Granny Bingo, or our Facebook, Edith Vale and Maureen McGillicuddy. Here we go. Let's have a look. We've got a very big pile. I've been printing off all of these letters people have been sending us. And this pile is at risk of collapsing and killing us. <clears throat> Dear Edith and Maureen, I try to make sure I am always serving the kids a healthy dinner. But sometimes I just give up and pull out some chicken nuggets and chips from the freezer. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, love. Uh, you are both experienced mothers. What do you do when you're out of time in the kitchen? And that's from Sal in Digger's Rest. Thank you for writing what? in, Sal. Uh, thank you for writing in, and Sal... You are a cow. Maureen. I'm sorry to use that sort of language on a Sunday, Mother Mary up above. Uh, experienced mothers. You are both experienced mothers. What do you think she's inferring there when she says... Oh, I'm sure nothing... Experienced I'm sure mothers. she doesn't mean anything unsavoury, love. She's just saying that, you know, you've had several children, as have I. She's saying that I'm old. Well, you are, love. You've lived through seven wars. Well, six. There's another war yet to start. Um, Sal, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. We come at it from decades apart. Of course, um, uh, you know, I haven't had a young child in my family uh, since uh, the 1940s. 50s, I had my last child at the end of the 50s. Um, and so, you know, you have these wonderful new um, 
technologies like freezers. They were not readily available in the late 50s, I can tell you that. But we did something similar. We jarred things. We would pickle them and put them in jars. And some nights, you know, you'd have what we used to call um, the the wife's headache, uh, which is what we now call depression, I think. Um, but sometimes, you know, I, I would have to say to my husband, "I'm not, I'm not quite feeling myself tonight." <laughs> and uh, and and so that my husband and the children would go to the pantry, and I would have something that I had, you know, pickled in a jar several months earlier just for that occasion and you can put anything in a jar if you make sure the jar is sterile and and whatever you're putting into it is hot when you put it in there it'll stay fresh for as long as you want just make sure there's no air in the jar i would sometimes pickle leftover spaghetti um I would pickle yep. uh, pancakes if you can squish enough pancakes into a jar that that'll keep well um Yep. Uh, grapes, um, what else? Uh, leftover peanuts from you know from a from a peanut bowl. Peanuts. Pop yep. it in a jar, pop it in the cupboard, and give it to the kids. And I guess that's the equivalent of what you do now. Now, Sal, you have, and I I understand, love. I'm on your side. You have the children. You know, you marry someone, you get excited, you you want to have kids to celebrate your love and procreate. The kids, you know, the first one gets to about oh, a year old. You think, oh, isn't he beautiful? Little Tyquin or whatever names you use these days. Cherub. Little, Little cherub. cherub. That's right, Bob. You think, let's have another one. Oh, we'll call it, you know, Sarah with two H's. That one gets to about a year old. You think, oh, that was a bit hard at that time. But, you know, we, we loved it the first time. Let's try again. You have little wheelbarrow or whatever you want to call the third one. You get a bit more creative by that point. That thing gets to about a year old and you start thinking, you know what, that woman in the paper that drowned her kids, I wouldn't do it, but I understand where she was coming from. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get you think to yourself, I get it. So you start going to the supermarket and buying, you know, a bag of, of chicken nuggets for $2. You don't think to yourself, gee, I love these human beings and they are in a stage of their lives where they need to be nurtured and, and, and fed nutritious no. meals. You don't think to yourself, well, I'm buying a kilo of chicken in breadcrumbs for $2. You don't think to yourself, mm, there must be something wrong with this. You think I'll save that for a rainy day. I get it. Yeah. I get it, Shell. Yeah. And and I think there's also, I mean, I, I'm no psychologist, uh, but uh, I think there's probably an element of self-preservation mm. happening in a situation like that. I remember catching myself thinking the same thing about tinned food with my children, mm. buying Spam. tinned baked beans and Sardines. planning on feeding it to them breakfast, lunch and dinner. Because it's not about... Uh, you know, the money, probably got enough money to buy a beautiful roast lamb or something like that. It's more about, uh, and, 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 and I should, I should, when I say self-preservation, I really mean self. It's not about the children preserving them or keeping them alive. It's about keeping yourself out of jail. Because if you don't feed the kids, they die. You go to prison no and you get a you. new wife in prison. I think Shell is uh, a woman, but that's what I mean. She'll get a wife oh. in prison, and uh, they're all because they're all uh, 
Look you know, these. motorbike riders mm. in there, and uh, and uh, it's and 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 if you let them, uh, you'll go to prison if you let them die. But if you don't let them die, if you feed them enough, just nuggets enough. and chips, it might be brown. They stay alive. You stay out of prison, and uh, really, what's the harm? What is the harm? That's the question you've got to go back to, Sal. What harm am I doing to them, and what harm am I doing to myself? And if there's not enough red crosses on the sheet of cons versus pros, keep going. Next question. I hope that's helped, Sal. I do hope that's helped. Your turn. To I do read hope, and, and it reminded me, actually, funnily enough, of when I was younger. You said before, you say, I, when you said to your husband, I'm not quite feeling myself tonight. You know, we used to always say that in the 50s and 60s. My husband used to say, well, then let me feel you. <laughs> and I'd get the fry pan out and I'd hit him on the wang because he had a stiffy and be running at me. I think, no, 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 not tonight. Next question. All right, here you go. Here you go. Uh, hello, Granny Bingo. Hello. Yes, that's us. Hi. Can't wait for the Comedy Festival show. Oh, Thank you very much. You might have you. potentially bought tickets on the $24 for 24 hours sale that was on last Wednesday, but if you're listening to this and you haven't bought tickets from that one you've missed out full price sorry <laughs> i am a teacher and the past year has been a tough one on the students as most of them have been learning via zoom oh yes i've heard about this we yeah. do that we do bingo on zoom I feel like some of them aren't adjusting and was wondering if you have any advice on how to make them feel more included in the classroom hope you can help that's from Jemima in Maryborough Primary. Maryborough, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. part of Victoria. Beautiful. I presume it's Victoria, not Queensland. It's got one of the most beautiful train stations, Maryborough. Absolutely lovely. Uh, it's a gigantic, beautiful, old, uh, eighteen late 1800s train station. Mm. And they built such a green, because it's a pretty you know, nondescript little township. You'd, you'd have to go to it to drive through it. Uh, but the reason why they built such a beautiful uh, train station is so that you can get out of mm. Maryborough mm. quickly because mm. that's what you want when you're there. That's right. Interesting question. I'm, I, I was a teacher uh, for a, a little while. I trained as a teacher. I didn't do many of those classes, I must say, uh, via video link. They didn't really teach us that when I was at Teachers College, but... Uh, that's an interesting one. How do we have any advice on how to make them feel more included in the classroom? Hmm. Well, I, one of the things that I used to do with students, especially if they're feeling a bit dejected or they might have been getting bullied, uh, was that I would I would stop the bullying, and then I'd ask them to stand up in front of the class and read a chapter of a book. It could be any little book. It could be a little poem book. It could be a uh, a, a novel, a, a fiction little book, a kid's book, could be one of the other students' diaries. And when they would mistake, they'd go, Polly and Tommy were walking to the fountain. They had a They had a buck. They had a buck and they couldn't get one of the words. I would, I'd stand at the back of the classroom and I would start laughing. And all the other students would start laughing at them. And everyone would be laughing at them. And it helped them to build character. Maureen, that's dreadful. 
we would get away with that back in the day, but you can't do that now. Of course, I was a very progressive teacher when I was a teacher. I was a teacher in the 1960s. I went through an experimental phase. A lot of our listeners won't know about this. Uh, what I would do is, I, the, you know, the child would say, oh, I don't feel like I'm fitting in. Oh, I, my self-esteem is low. I, I'm feeling, I'm getting bullied. Well, you know. And I would say, well, let's resolve the problem. I'm an ideas woman, Maureen. You know this. I like to come up with an answer to ideas. problems. So I would say uh, to the child, well, let's find out what it is they don't like about you. So I would have the child stand at the front of the class and I would say, all right, kids, little Timmy here, and I'm just, that's not the name of the students, you know, for legal reasons, but I would say something like that. Little Timmy here uh, has been getting bullied. Um, I want everyone in the classroom to say the thing they hate the most about Timmy so that he knows what he has to fix Get about better. himself. That's right, yes. And so the you know, people would go around the classroom, I think he's ugly, I think he's fat, his parents are poor, his mum can't drive, he doesn't know how to kick a football, he can't spell very well, his food smells too spicy to me. Those sorts of things, you know. And, you know, Maureen, it worked so well. Because I did that for several students of mine and not one of them ever came back to class. I assume, I assume that uh, it gave them so much confidence they didn't even need to finish school because they never were seen again. Yeah, different times, but I think we take a similar approach to childhood education. I uh, I had one student, I remember, I was up in, in Sin City, up in oh, Sydney, Sydney yes. uh, d- teaching... And, uh, oh, when was it? It would have been 19, oh, 1971, 72. And uh, I had this one little kid, he always come up to say, uh, someone just asked me, miss, what I thought about the footy on the weekend. And I said, well, you, what do you need to do when they ask you a question like that is think about what your answer is. Did you watch the footy on the weekend? Uh, you know, did you did you like the result of the footy on the weekend? So you think about those questions, and then you can say that's always been a responsibility of the states. Little Scott, his name was, beautiful little kid, and I think from what I know, I don't really see him all that often now, but I think he's taken that on. That one tagline, I said it by accident. That's always been the responsibility of the states. Teachers do miracle work, and they do stick with their kids for the rest of their life. And Jemima, I can only wish you the best. Well, shall we have another word from one of our sponsors? We better. Okay, Donald. We have to get this right this time. This is past our time in the studio. And we do not have any money left to do editing. You have to get this perfect. Okay. Okay. Take 264. Okay. Hello, ev- hello, everybody. My name is uh, Ronald McTrump, McFrump, and I have... You've never heard of me before, but I am available for many services uh, to help you with everything. 
I'll do whatever you like. Uh, maybe you need a drive to the airport. I'm I'm one of the greatest airport drivers you've ever seen. I've never had an accident. I'm Ronald McFrump, by the way, and uh, I can also do your shop shopping for you. I have a lot of time on my hands at the moment. I've got the most time of anybody. There's nobody with more, sorry, with more time on their hands than me, and I uh, think that you should definite, definitely hire me because you'd be stupid not. To. You'd be stupid not to, and uh, even my wife thinks so too. She can tell you everything. Her name is Mel- uh, Melissa, and she's from America as well, and uh, she is terrific. She's the best. She's a, she's a, she is all right. She's a good wife. Tell them. Thank you. Hello, everybody. My husband is also from America, just like me. He is capable of doing anything, at any time. He has a lot of free time on his hands now, and is completely unpredictable. You should trust him, and you should hire him, and please do this for me. Anyway... Call RonaldMcFrump.com.au 1-800. It's, it'll, you won't regret it. I can do anything. I'm free. I'm so excited that I just can't hide it. I know, I know, I know, I know. I gotta want you. What are you excited about? <laughs> oh, my God. Did you hear that? Sorry. I'm just practicing. I've got my final for the KKK on Thursday, the Kingsville Karaoke Contest. They do a bit of a kooky little K on for the contest bit. So oh, yes. uh, I'm hoping to win. And I think that's the song I think I'm going to sing. Oh, well, it sounds lovely. I can't wait. I'll be rooting for you, love. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, we've come to the end of another episode of our podcast. Have you had a nice time, my love? I have enjoyed tonight. Oh, that's really nice. Really, really enjoyed it. I'll be sick of it again tomorrow. But I've enjoyed tonight. Well, tomorrow, of course, kiddies, is Granny Bingo, our monthly live show that we do. Of course, it is sold out. Uh, for the in-person tickets, but you can grab a streaming ticket and watch it from Zoom at home. Of course, we will be uh, crossing to people, so make sure you tart yourself up. From comedyrepublic.com.au And do make sure you grab one of those tickets and join us because it's going to be a couple of months before we do another monthly show because, of course, we will also be doing our comedy festival show, which is a... Proper theatre, sit down, you know, la de da, lighting and sound, and we'll be in cozies, you know, looking all tarted up and that sort of stuff. And they've, and they've put us on at a terrific time. Comedy Festival, because there's so many acts, it's so hard to find a time or get a, a good venue with a decent time. You often have to go out to bloody Geelong before you get a place at a good time. If you leave it too late, we've been very lucky to be given a spot 
at ten past six. Ten past six, which is great because you can still get home on a seniors discount yep. tram ticket. And you can also be home before Neighbours finishes. So that'll be happening also at the Comedy Republic, except it'll be uh, one floor above the one we normally perform in. We're going to be in the actual theatre, la da It's got carpet and curtains and everything. Not the room that we usually do the Granny Bingo in. So come along to that. We'd love to see you. And, of course, uh, make sure you tune in to our next episode of the Granny Bingo Wireless Podcast. Uh, Subscribe, rate and review and all that sort of stuff. Uh, In our next episode, I'll be reading out the ingredients from a jar of Vegemite. I'll read the user terms and conditions for TikTok. And uh, I'll be investigating the death of Tupac. But until then, kiddies, remember... Scott Morrison is a lying, slimy bastard and hasn't done a thing for you in the last 18 months. Hey, Rue! See you later!